Let's look for Jesus in every book of the Bible. We are having a great time in the Word of God, seeing Jesus in every book of the Bible. And I want you to remember that when, you are, when we are not here together, these teachings are available at the Eagle Summit podcast. Has anybody taken advantage of the podcast? If you, if you are, that is wonderful. I would ask that you tell somebody that the podcast is available. Do you know somebody who could benefit from hearing the word that's on the podcast? Okay, invite them to listen to the podcast. It will bless their lives. It will change their lives to see how much God loves them through Jesus. Amen? So take advantage of our podcast, share it with others, and uh, it is a blessing. And this past, um, this past week, uh, Pastor and I have encountered people that don't go to church here, but are always on the lookout for what's happening through social media at Eagle Summit. There are people who view the broadcast faithfully, and we're thankful. There are people who listen to the podcast faithfully. Amen? So what, what, what does that do for us? It's not about us. It's about somebody developing their relationship and their confidence and their trust and their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Glory to God. So let's continue. Last time, uh, last week, we, we looked at Jesus, seeing Jesus in the nations, didn't we? Seeing Jesus in our nation. How many of you got something out of that study, seeing Jesus in our nation? Okay, and if you, did, if you weren't able to be here, go back and listen to the podcast. It'll bless you. It blessed me, and, I'm, and I was here. So take advantage of it. Go back and listen to it. It will bless you. It will, it will put peace on the inside of you in the midst of all the turmoil that's going on in our nation at this time. There is peace available to you if you receive it. Amen? So let's continue in our study together along with our Facebook family that's, that is viewing tonight. We are glad you're here. We appreciate it. So we started Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, what? Ruth, 1 Kings, 2 Kings. Okay, now we, so now we're in the twin books of the Bible. And the twin books are 1 Samuel and what other Samuel is there? 2 Samuel, okay? 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. And in all of them, we are looking at the history of the Jewish people and seeing, seeing how God loved on them, seeing how God took care of them, seeing how God provided for them, and seeing how they responded. And despite the fact that the Lord loved them, provided for them, took care of them, did they always respond appropriately? Uh, no. The same as us. When he takes care of us, do we always respond appropriately? No. But the word teaches us that God loves us with an everlasting love. What does that mean? That means his love doesn't run out. That means he keeps on looking for ways to bless us. That means he keeps on looking for a way to communicate love towards us keeps on looking for ways to grace us. You ever been graced? He keeps on looking for ways to grace us. 
meaning what? To bless us even when we're not perfect. To bless us even when we make mistakes. To bless us even when we on purpose do stuff that's not right. He's still looking for ways to grace us. And when we see his grace at work in the scriptures, we're really seeing Jesus. Because the words that he was full of grace and truth. We're really seeing Jesus when we see those, those goodnesses, those favors that God does, that him gracing his people, we're seeing Jesus. Because the ultimate grace gift to the world and to us is the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Okay? So, let's go a little bit further tonight and do a little bit of review and then go forward to... Um, look at the next book of the Bible that we want to look at tonight, which is Ezra. Okay? So as we went through first through the twin books, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, we saw that over time the nation of Israel was raised up to a high place. And then it began to decline. Because the highest place was when David was the king right? And he united the, the people. He united the tribes as one. Um, and he was a man described as a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he, because he could be touched with the feeling of what other people went through. He could, he could confess when he messed up. He could receive forgiveness and give forgiveness and give grace, even when somebody was attempting to take his life. So, so we saw that, that high place. And then we saw the elevation of his son, Solomon, who became the next king over Israel, right? Um, and, and, and Solomon was full of wisdom, right? He was full of wisdom and, and he was a great leader. Um, and, but, but Solomon and David both had issues with their children, like some of us do. The, the, the king, King David, was a great king, um, but he, he had children that uh, didn't line up with the way their daddy taught them, okay? Or, or, or the way that, that the Word of God instructed that they should. And, and the same thing was true of Solomon after him. And, and so when Solomon became the king, um, and as he aged through his, through his reign as king, uh, he, went, he went off the reservation, didn't he? started chasing skirts and all kind of stuff. Y'all ain't looking at me, right? Amen. He started going, going sideways of what he knew, and his sons did likewise. And so after, and so after Solomon uh, died, one of his sons became the king, and that son's name was Rehoboam, and he was wicked. Wicked. He what does wicked mean? Evil. Contrary, crazy, self-serving, twisted. He became the king. And, and when he became the king, he brought, with all, of, with all of his wickedness, he brought confusion. And he brought division to the nation. And, and, and even as David had brought the nation together from being 10 tribes in the north 
two in the south, David had brought them together as one. Rehoboam brings back division because he's, the, because he's now over the northern tribes. And he tells them, don't go down there to the, to the south of our nation, to where Jerusalem is. Just stay up here and, 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 and let's just do whatever he wants to do. He began to pervert the worship. He began to encourage people to worship other things other than God. Was that right? Uh, no, it was not. And so division came. And, and, and when you turn away from the Lord, protection leaves. And, and protection began to leave the nation of Israel. Protection began to, to be lifted because they didn't look to the Lord anymore. They looked to themselves and they looked to idols and began to worship them. And so protection began to, to lift. And so they were surrounded by other countries, other nations who weren't friendly to them. And so because the protection was lifted, what would you expect to have happened? Hmm? Yes. Then, then their, their negative neighbors, their contrary neighbors, decided, well, they're in a weakened state. They're doing what we do. They're flowing with us. We see an opportunity. We see an opportunity to overthrow them. And sometimes when you, when, and sometimes when people start moving away from the Lord, when, you, when they move away, somebody's watching. Okay, not just not just your nosy neighbors watching, but the devil is watching for an opportunity to pull you all the way away from the things of God, all the way from church, all the way from serving, all the way from giving. And that began to happen. And so now the, t the, the 12 tribes are separated. There's 10 in the north, two in the south. And and the leadership is deteriorating and their enemies are watching that now they don't have protection. They can't have protection because they're doing everything everybody else is doing that doesn't worship the true and living God. And so war comes to them again. And in the northern tribes, the Assyrians see an opportunity take that territory and they come in and they take the territory. So, so as we've been in this study, we've seen that Israel was victorious in battles over and over and over, but now they're not. Why? They had turned from God. So now they're not. So the Assyrians come in and take over the northern kingdom of Israel and they get the beat down. They get what? They get the beat down. So bad that the Assyrians were able to say, we're tearing your kingdom down and we're taking you into captivity. What does that mean, take you into captivity? That means we're taking you from where you live to where we live and uh, you, won't, you won't have your country in the to us.
So you can come to our, air, our country, you can be our servants, you can be our slaves, you can work for us, you can pay taxes to our leader. And that's what happened to the northern kingdom of Israel. They were taken, run over by Assyrians. When you're taken from your country and, and forcefully taken to another country, what is that called? What is that called? It could be slavery. What else is it called? Captivity. Captivity. And it's called exile. Right? It's called exile. So they were taken into exile by the Assyrians. Now when the Assyrians took them into exile, they, they, they marched them from Israel to Assyria. How come they didn't take the bus? No buses. Well, how come they didn't fly over there? No planes. They didn't even take the train. No trains. So they had to mar mar say march, meaning walk hundreds of miles to live in the Assyrian territory. And when they got them there, they said, okay, now you're in our territory. Now, some of y'all we're going to put on the left. Some of y'all we're going to put on the right. Some of y'all we're going to put in the east. Some of y'all we're going to put in the west. Some of y'all we're going to put in the north. Some of y'all we're going to put in the south. Why would they split them up like that? Division. Division. And so that now that they're in a strange place, they can't plan on how to escape. They can't figure out how to get out of there because their mass numbers have been what? Scattered. Okay? Their mass numbers have been scattered. So that's the northern ten tribes. In the south of Israel, back, back at the ranch, in the southern part of Israel, are the two tribes. What were the southern two tribes? The southern two tribes were Judah and Benjamin. So in the south of Israel, we got two tribes, the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Benjamin. And the crown jewel of the nation was in the south of Israel. What was their crown jewel city? Jerusalem. Jerusalem is there. So, so happening in the southern part of Israel. Something similar to what was happening in the northern part. They began to do crazy things too. And the protection began to what? Be lifted off of them as well. So a similar thing happened to them as happened to the northern tribes. And what was the similar thing that happened they got dis destroyed the same way as the northern kingdom did. And their city was destroyed, their temple was destroyed, and they were carried into exile as well by some different people. They were carried into exile by the Babylonians. Are you getting this? The Babylonians took them into exile. <clears throat> now, 
Now, we're, what's happening with the nation of Israel? It's divided. What else has happened to them? It's tore up. At that point and at that place, did God say, I'm done with you guys? Did he say, I'm, I'm, I'm through? No. Did he say, I'm finished? No. Why didn't he? Because he made promises. He made promises to love them for how long? Forever. He had a, made a covenant with them. And he said, my covenant will I not break. My covenant will I what? Not break. So who broke the covenant? His people did. Okay? And, and, and the Lord has a covenant with us. But he says the same thing to us. My covenant will I not break. Okay? So, who, so for us and for Israel, even in that day, as well as today, he was their ride or die, right? Right? Whether, you, whether you're good, I'm loving you. Whether you're not, I'm loving you. Whether, whether you come to me, I'm still here for you. That was his position, that was his posture. Okay? All right. All right. So, so now there's this big giant split. The northern tribes are all scattered all over everywhere. The, the southern tribes have been taken to Babylon, but when they got to Babylon, the king over there said, well, I, I'm gonna let y'all stay together and, 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 and y'all can rebuild your lives. What does rebuild your life mean? When you're taken to a place you've never been before and you're forcefully taken there. What does rebuild your life mean? That means you got to do what? Start all over again. You got to start all over again. Start from what? Scratch. Start from what? Nothing. Except what they allow you to have. Because now you're under the authority, not under the authority of the Lord your God. Now, now they're under the authority of a king who don't even know God. So they had to start over and rebuild their lives. But even in captivity, the blessing of the Lord was on his people. And when you belong to the Lord, you got to know that even in a hard place, even in a dry place, even under an evil authority, the Lord has got you. He's true to his word. He's for you. He's with you. He's going to bring you out. He's going to save you. He's going to save you alive. He's going to preserve you. And so the 10 northern tribes are scattered all they can't, they, they're scattered from one, away from one another, but the southern, one, the southern tribe that were taken into Babylon, marched into Babylon, hundreds of miles away, at least their next door neighbor 
is the same neighbor they had before. At least the person down the block is of somebody that they know. And so now they're rebuilding their lives. God's still remembering his promise to them, to take care of them, to provide for them, to sustain them. And even though they had done, they turned away from him, he didn't turn away from them. And so now they're in Babylon, starting over. Do you think they, re do you think they cried out to the Lord then? Do you think they, they, they looked to the Lord when they got over in Babylon? At first they were like, well, you know, it is what it is. Right? But in that process, the Lord began to work with them and through them and for them. And they began to go from nothing to something. Increase began to happen for them. Why in captivity, in exile, having lost everything, would increase begin to work for them? Can't hear you. Okay. Some obedience began to come back into their lives. Okay. Why else would increase begin to work for them? Had something been spoken over them? The promises. The promises of God had been spoken over them. Was he going to take them away because they were in a mess? Did he deny them increase even though they were in a bad situation, even though it was of their own making, choosing, doing? No, he did not. Remember, he said, my covenant will I not break. So now they're, now they're under Babylonian authority and, and, and increase is starting to work for them because now they're having, they're having to work hard, they're having to labor, but now their labor is beginning to be fruitful. Because, why? Because of the promises of God that were resting on them. Okay? All right. So, how long did you think the captivity lasted? Six months, five years, long, 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 long years, okay? Long, long years, at least 50. Uh, that's a long time, right? <laughs> that is a long time. That's, that is a lifetime. That's a generation, right? That's, and in the, but in the midst of that, that time, the Lord still had prophets. There were still people who were priests, raised up to min in ministry. There were still those people, and those people were speaking life to the people of God. So uh, let's, let's see what God did through one of those people. Let's 
Go to the book of Ezra, as we said we were going to do tonight. In the Old Testament, right after all the twin books, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings, first and second Chronicles, the next book is what? I already told you. Come on, what is it? Ezra. Okay? Ezra. And Ezra was a priest. And Ezra, because even when the nation of Israel was going through their, their high years and their low of turning away from the Lord, there was always somebody speaking the word of the Lord over them. There was always somebody speaking life to them. There were always prophets and priests calling people back to their relationship with God, reminding them of their covenant relationship with God, reminding them that God loved them with an everlasting love. Okay? So, so here's Ezra. And in the book of Ezra, he tells the stories of Israel's um, being called back by God to their right place. And he tells the story of, of uh, their return to their homeland. Did you know they went back to their homeland? They got to go back. And the book of Ezra tells some of that story. And it's awesome. It re okay? All right. Let me see here. What book are we studying tonight? Looking at a little bit? Ezra. And what was, and what was Ezra's job? He was a priest. Okay? Which means he was a minister unto the Lord and unto the Lord's people. And... Uh, 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 Ezra was a word guy, meaning what? Meaning he had a passion in his heart for the people to turn back to the word of God. He had a passion to share the word of God with the people so that their hearts would be turned back to God. And so when you read the book of Ezra, you, you, he's always looking for the grace of God. He's always communicating the love of God to his people um, and reminding them of who they really were. Okay? So Ezra writes, and he writes about Israel's return to their promised land because uh, even after they had been in exile for a long period of time, even though Jerusalem had been destroyed, their temp been tore up, their, their, their temple had been destroyed, the promises of God remained sure. And so in the book of Ezra, we're going to read about three times that the children of Israel returned to their homeland. Because they didn't all go back at one time. Wonder why. We'll see. Okay? Um, so, let's go on. Who, one question. Who, who, who destroyed the northern kingdom of Israel? The Assyrians, is that right? 
the Assyrians destroyed the northern kingdom, okay? And who destroyed the southern kingdom? The Babylonians. Well, guess what? Ultimately, the Babylonians ended up destroying the Assyrians. Yeah. That's how strong they became. Okay? All right. You say, what does that have to do with what God's doing? You're going to see here in the Word. Okay? All right. So we're in the book of Ezra, chapter 1. Are you there? Okay. So, the Babylonians are over the southern kingdom of Israel. They've, they've taken them back to their country and they're beginning to, to, to restart their lives, get to a better place. And they're, they're like, okay, the Babylonians have us. And, and they were, sometimes they would cry and weep and, oh, we remember when we were in Israel and all, in our own native land. Um, and, but they began to do better. And then while they were there, somebody took over the Babylonians. And that was the Persians. But the Lord was still moving on their behalf. So Ezra chapter 1, are you there? Chapter 1 and verse 1. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Wait, uh, how, how did that happen? How is Cyrus, the king of Persia, who now has overthrown the Babylonians, has heard from the Lord? How, 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 how is this happening? This is what the Bible says. It said the Lord stirred the spirit of Cyrus that he made a proclamation, and the proclamation was the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Does that make sense? Why is Cyrus, king of Persia, who's got the, 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 the Israeli people in bondage, why is he saying that the Lord told him to do something in Jerusalem? Huh? Why, why do you think the Lord, why do you think this is happening? Hmm? Who are we talking about here? 
okay? And, 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 but at that point in time, who was in charge? Who's above the king? God. God is above the king. God is above King Cyrus of Persia. Right? God, who is above King Cyrus, is speaking to King Cyrus. And King Cyrus is recognizing the voice of the true and living God. How is that possible? It's supernatural. Is God supernatural? So, so we see him doing something supernatural. Why is he doing something supernatural? Why is he telling the king of Persia, do something in Jerusalem? Why is God, why is God doing that? Because hmm? of his promises, because of the of, of what he, because of his promises, because of his covenant with his people, because of his covenant with his people, he said, "My covenant will I not break." Will the Lord use anybody? Will he use the righteous? Will he use the wicked? To perform his word, to maintain his promise. So this is saying, in the first year, how long has Cyrus been the king? Huh? What does it say right here? Verse 1. Now in the what year of Cyrus? The first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled meaning what Jeremiah had prophesied that this was going to happen, that he made a proclamation. Verse 2 again, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. The Lord has charged, per, charged Cyrus to build him a house. To do what? Build him a house. Where? In Jerusalem. Why would the Lord command him to build a house in Jerusalem at this time in their history? Was there a house in Jerusalem at this time? No, there was not. What had happened to the house that was in Jerusalem? It had been destroyed. So, so, so what's God getting ready to do with his people? Restore. He's getting ready to restore. He's getting ready to do what? Restore. And his restoration that he's working on right here is evidence of his what? 
God's, God's restoration that he's working on is evidence of his what? His love and his grace and his mercy. Love, grace, mercy. What? Love, grace, mercy. And forgiveness. And forgiveness and faithfulness to his own word. So, so, so don't think that even when you're in a horrible situation, don't think that even when you're under a negative authority, that God can't move for you. That God won't move for you when you belong to him. I think that's good to you. All right. <laughs> that was very, we only in two verses here. Come on. All right. Verse three. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem. What is he doing here? He's asking the, the Israelite people, uh, are, are any of y'all down? Who is there among you of all his people? Are, are, is there anybody in the midst of all God's people who are over here in, in Babylon that want to help? Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is the God. That's what it says right here. He is the God which is in Jerusalem. What is Cyrus saying here? The only true God, the only living God, is the God of Israel. Is Cyrus an Israeli? Is Cyrus a Jew? But he's saying he is the God. The God of Israel, he is the God. Verse 4, And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men of his place help him. Help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts, besides the freewill offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. What is Cyrus talking about here now? If there's anybody here among the children of Israel that wants to go build the house of God, I'm, let, I'm releasing y'all to go do that. And if you don't want to go, if you're not able to go, can go, then, uh, then sow seed. Sow seed. What? This is awesome. He said, sow seed. He said, and whosoever remains in any place where he sojourneth, let, that means whoever's going to stay, let the men of his place help him with silk, not pennies, not chicken. With silver, and with gold, and with goods, and with beasts, 
What's beast? What do they need beast for? What's a beast? Animals, ox, cows, horses, whatever, donkeys. When they, because when they get back to Jerusalem, it's going to be what to be done? Work. So if you're not going, uh, bring the silver, bring the gold, bring the beast, bring the goods. Next part of the verse says, beside the free will offering for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. <laughs> is this awesome or what? Verse 5. Then rose up the chief of the fathers of Judah and Benjamin, and the priests, and the Levites, with all them whose spirit God had raised to go up to build the house of the Lord, which is in, where? Jerusalem. Verse 6. And all they that were about them strengthened their hands with vessels of silver, with gold, with goods, and with beasts, and with precious things, besides all that was willing, willingly offered. What does that mean when it says at the beginning of verse 6, all they that were about them strengthened their hands? What does that mean? Strengthen their hands. Does that mean they shook their hands? What does it mean? Strengthen their hands. Hmm? They provided the resources. And what were the resources that they provided? Silver, gold, goods, beasts besides the free will offering. Here's a king, not a Jew, hearing from God, saying, build Jerusalem. Is that natural? That's supernatural. It's happening because God is who he says he is, the lover of our souls, the one who will never, what did he say? I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. My promise will I not break. And tonight he wants somebody to be encouraged. That if you're under a horrible situation, a horrible circumstance, and you belong to God, he will raise up the help that you need. He will raise up. He will honor his promise. He will honor his word to take care of you. He will not forget you. Say, he will not forget me. He has not forgotten me. He is able to give you the victory even over hardness, even over contrary leadership. He can speak. He will speak. 
and we'll talk more about it next time. Amen? Amen. To God be the glory for his word tonight. Amen.